podcast that discusses storytelling from all angles to help you and us answer the call when the muse screams, tell the damn story. We'll be exploring the challenges of being creative in fiction, illustration, comics, film, and nonfiction. See you in September. Alex! Alex, it, I, all of a sudden it's the fall. Where's right, we have now we have now incurred royalties. <laughs> How are you, Alex? Welcome I'm to September. Okay. I'm New okay. school year, bro. Yeah, back to school again. Yeah, back on and the block. Actually, yeah. uh, we're go we're going to school. We're gonna we're gonna bring all our listeners and followers and watchers to school. These yes. next several episodes, it's tell the, tell damn, the damn story, story goes to the movies. Yes, um, and how? For <laughs> Literally. Al- for almost 250 episodes, we have been talking about the creative process, and most often we talk about uh, writing, writing, getting published, writing comics, writing novels, writing short stories, writing this, writing. For the next several episodes, we're going to talk about how you tell the damn story on screen film oh that's right film yep, how whatever. do you do it uh oh different steps we're gonna search different jobs we're gonna talk about where you go from what we're gonna discuss today to watching your work on screen yeah and we hope that this helps everybody and let us know in the comments uh down below if we're doing the right thing on this uh right. a multi-episode uh extravaganza yeah <laughs> we're off to see the wizard yeah. <laughs> and so, so in this episode yes go ahead chris i know you want you want to lead it you okay just cough a little bit clear your throat have check some one, um check, java juice check one two all right, so Alex, yeah, yeah. Um, I want to th- I want to talk about the Thunderbolt. You know, yeah. What? Because <laughs> there's going to be a couple of Thunderbolts because it's Alex Simmons we're talking about. <laughs> Truly, but yeah, yeah. When it when it comes to TV and the movies on screen. I want you, this is a rare time when I want you to run into your Alex Simmons time machine and, and go back and and tell us what was it, what was on screen when you got hit by the Thunderbolt and said, oh, I want to do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny because I, I think for me, obviously, and probably for a number of people and certainly folks that I've heard talk about it, you know, people that, that I admire their work as, as actors, writers, composers, directors, and whatever. But, you know, the, the, the absolute moment when, you know, when, when, when you're conscious of the desire, it's funny because if you, if it happens when you're a child, I mean, a little kid, it's, it's almost like suddenly the Peter Pan thing, like you're flying through the air and everything is magical and everything is possible. For, for me, I mean, um, my grandmother uh, was the first one in the family to get a TV set. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my mom's and I lived uptown. And my grandmother lived downtown in, uh, I don't know if people know anything about New York City, but we were up around 125th Street, or, yeah, about 125th Street. 
and my grandmother was down in the Delancey Street area. So she's in lower Manhattan, um, you know, sort of like not that close to the South Street Seaport. But if I want to give you a point of reference, it's down there. And she got a TV set, big black and white TV set. And I was probably five years old, maybe, maybe, yeah, probably five. And I remember we went down on the weekend to spend Saturday night at my grandmother's house and, you know, see this thing called TV set, you know, and we went into the living room and it was Saturday afternoon and on the television was this commercial for a new TV show, which was not that new, actually it had been on a little bit before, but new season was coming and it was, look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. And it was George Reeves, the TV right. series. Sure. And so you do, and he's flying and crashes through the walls and, and, you know, the bullets are bouncing off of him and he's bending, you know, gun barrels and all this kind of stuff. And I am totally mesmerized by this thing. And for whatever reason in particular, the flying was the thing that hooked me the most. Because yeah. it looked real to me. You know, it wasn't a cartoon. You'd seen the cartoons. You'd seen Mighty Mouse. And all. You'd seen it. But this man, this real man was flying through the air with the cape billowing behind him. And I wanted to do that. I wanted to fly, first off. But I wanted to meet Superman, secondly. Because, I mean, you know, you got to get your priorities straight. But then I wanted, I wanted to be in this thing. I wanted... I wanted adventures. I wanted to go see things and do things that up until that moment, my world had been mom and the neighborhood. And yeah, I'd seen a television set before, but you know, it's like, what do I hold on to? What images? Some cartoons, Heckle and Jekyll, Mighty Mouse, Tom and Jerry, that's a Bugs Bunny. You know, those were cartoons. Those were not real. But suddenly here was real. Here was yeah. the possibility of not a TV variety show where people sing and dance and tell jokes. Okay, and that's, you know, that's what it is. But fantasy and adventure was real. And, and, and I, you know, as a kid, you're thinking it's real, real. As I got a little bit older and I realized, okay, it's adventure television stuff. It's not real, real, but there are real people doing this. I want to be able to do that. And so, you know, you start with whatever tools you have. So for me, as a little kid, I, I was, it was drawing. I got my crayons. I got my, my, my construction paper or any, any kind of white drawing paper I get my hands on. And I would draw these pictures and draw these adventures. And then in school, when you had paints, you would paint these adventures. And you made up these stories that went with it. it you, you're drawing a single image. But there was a whole adventure around it. There was a, a whole cast of characters around it. And you would try and fit them in there in their various, you know, inappropriate sizes, you know, inaccurate things. You know, there was no two point, you know, view. There was none of that yet. But my head, my, in my head, it was all possible. And it was all, you know, the adventure, the travel, the mystery the heroics, all of this, it was possible to make that stuff happen in stories. And I wanted to do that. I wanted to physically do that on film. And 
to do that, I had it to write and draw my stories first. And so that's what I remember of, of that, that lightning bolt striking me. Superman flying was mm-hmm. the first thing. A real human being flying was, was the catalyst to everything else that I could think right. of. I, I mean, I, I had similar uh, experiences when my imagination was triggered by something I saw and I, all that stuff. But when the Thunderbolt hit me about wanting to do something with the screen, it was because of my brother, Soupy. Now, and, and half my neighborhood. <laughs> so here's the story. Um, I, you know, I never thought real people did any of this stuff. I didn't, you know, I was kind of a bubblehead dreamer and all that stuff. And maybe we still are, right? But oh, um, what do you mean, maybe? <laughs> what do you mean, maybe? But, <laughs> must not be, yeah. Thank you. So um, as far as screen, we're just going to keep it to screen right now, uh, or, or or movies. When um, when we were in high school, we went to different high schools. And my brother went to a public high school called Columbus High School in the Bronx. And uh, unbeknownst to me, uh, one of my future uh, literary heroes or writing heroes, author heroes, Richard Price, um, had done a book called The Wanderers. Mm-hmm. And they were turning it into a movie. And they were going to film it in the Bronx. And they went to Columbus and they needed a ton of extras, right? So they offered them, I think it was like $50 a day was the extra fee. And they had to get a haircut that looked like the early 60s, you know. Um, and when was this? Since you're saying this they was had... 70, around 78. There you go. Okay. And around about 78. He graduated high school, 78 or 79, around mm-hmm. there. So it was his senior year. So, uh, or his junior year, because he had to take senior pictures with his 1960s haircut. He used to have this, he had this big afro in the 70s, but he was, you know, it nice is Irish afro. But, uh, oh yeah. yeah. So I didn't believe him. He got the haircut. I still didn't believe him. He had to get his uh, parents to sign a, some kind of sheet or something like that. I still didn't believe him, you know? But then, like the year later, they all can, got invited to a screening of the Wanderers, or we went. I don't know. I don't remember whether it was, you know, the comp, the film company uh, uh, through the uh, screening, or we went to, you know, a show down, you know, something like that. But there were like thirty of us that went down, you know, and we took the train down. And we were rowdy Bronx kids and, you know, <laughs> jeans, jackets with B-roll in the pockets, even though we were underage and all that sort of stuff. And I still didn't believe that the people I was going downtown with were in this film. So then the, the Wanderers starts. And the, if you don't know that movie, it's a hilarious movie. Um, but I don't see any of my friends in this movie, you know. So I'm like, see, I was right. And then they went to the, the, the scene went to high school. And it wasn't so much in the classroom, but in the hallways. And when one of the main characters 
ran out and he came running down the front steps and he made a turn and went up the block. And for no logical reason, the camera stopped following him and went to the fence, you know, that was the corner. And in that, on that fence, right behind that fence was my brother Soupy in full gear in a, a gang called the Executioners. And then they later on, we see the Executioners again and the main guy of the executioners is another guy from the neighborhood. And he's got lines to say. So all of a sudden, I'm seeing all these guys. And I'm like, I know them. They are real. These are real guys. I share a bedroom with this clown. And he's in a movie. <laughs> Thunderbolt. It can happen. How? And I was stumped. Because I didn't know how to get from there to the movies. We from where this, you were at that moment, yeah. No idea. No yeah. idea. Another year, another year. This is not the actual one. But I'm married. I have kids. And Soupy is married. He's got a, a, a stepson and stuff. And a stepson comes in one Christmas. It's Christmas morning. Comes in and he takes a hand like this. And he puts it on top of the, um, the presents. And it's it's way better than this hand. This is a pretty cool hand. He made this one, but the other one was way cooler. And it was his way of telling me, all right, Dollar, just behave yourself back there. <laughs> um, it was his way of telling me that he had gotten this, he had developed the skill. He had taught himself how to do special effects uh, uh, like that, right? And we had a conversation about it over Christmas. What are you going to do with it? He says, I have no idea. And I remembered when I was, you know, no idea. So I had stumbled into some plays and uh, the South Soul comedy troupe and some stand-up. I stumbled into a bunch of different stuff. And um, I had met <coughs> Dave and Kate from Phoenix Films and uh, been involved in some of their stuff. And I was like, huh. Maybe we can do something. And he wanted to do horror. Mm -hmm. At that time, hilariously, uh, I didn't feel like I could write horror, but I could write comedy. So I wrote uh, Zombies in New Milford, one of the great unreleased movies of all time. Um, <laughs> but it allowed me to use all his special effects and then create this fun little film that we filmed with. By that time, I was teaching drama in my high school. And we took all the graduates of that drama program and on Put weekends made this really goofy film that is kind of the point of where we're going. Because from the Thunderbolt, you can now in 2022 find ways to learn how and when and where and, and techniques and all of the nuts and bolts are available right right on your computer or your phone. You can even use your phone these days. The, the, tech, the technology is so good. You can use your film, phone, uh, your phone to make a short film. That's so, true. And, and you also have- This is web. where we're going to go. You have the I'm web and, you know, for distribution and all that, and that's absolutely fine too. I, I think you know, one of the things that, that you, you touched on before and that we, uh, where we started off was- yeah, you get you get struck by that bolt of lightning and, and you suddenly realize that 
and maybe you don't even use the word, but you suddenly it's, you want to create something. You want to be creative. You want to write. You want to draw. You want to you want to be a cinematographer. Whatever it is, you want to make something, and you try to express that to the world around you. And, oh. you know, yeah, right. And it's it's like family and friends because that's usually where our world starts. You know, family and then friends, and it's 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 very very much a key moment in the development of a person as to how that world responds to you right now in in my case my mom god bless her was a tolerant soul <laughs> because you know i was a, i was the only child she was a single parent she was raising me on her own she had some some health issues and everything like that and she put up with me she tolerated me and I had this wild imagination and I was always playing with action figures and always wanting to draw and stuff. And we had like no money, money. Right. And she would always somehow try and make it possible for me to have art supplies or me to have, you know, certain little toys and things like that. I could, you know, build my worlds, my imaginary worlds with. And she never once told me that I couldn't accomplish such and such because either we were broke or, we, you know, my my dad wasn't in the picture or because we were black, you know, or the neighborhood we came from. That was not her thing. That was never a part of her her mantra with her son, with her nutty, wacky, imaginative, bouncing off the walls kid. Uh, and I knew some friends who got. Maybe they were or were not as into it as I was into the movies and making stuff, but I knew we shared some kinship there i knew they wanted to do some of the same things that i wanted to do in those particular days but i also knew that their family was was not supportive and yeah. would 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 smack them down you know boy get your head on straight um and boy what what you why are you asking so many stupid questions or why you always want this and why you always need to and and you could you could see over a short period of time and it wasn't it wasn't psychological awareness it was just our radar was telling us something as your friends stopped being as enthusiastic about the imaginary play, about making up stories, about wanting to explore things. And it became more and more, I would almost say, practical in a way that kids aren't supposed to be practical at that point. You know, mm -hmm. just it, their vision of possibilities began to narrow down further and further to what you could touch what you could you could taste and that was that was it yeah. and i remember being that odd kid out especially when i started watching foreign films but again not to get you know off into that too far to late. say that <laughs> it's yeah it's too late yeah to say that it's key that at that moment when the when the lightning strikes and when you suddenly become aware that you want to create, that you want to be a part of that thing, you want to explore that thing, is one would hope, A, that things, that people around you are supportive in some way, shape, or form. But if not, then it's, it's on you, heavy load, but it's on you to continue to nurture that yeah. as best well, you can. And you got to do two things, right? One... I mean, I grew up in a neighborhood, everything from my father to my friends was like, get a civil service job because that was job security, right? 
when that stuff happens, you gotta if 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 that's not what you're gonna be, if that's not what you, you in your heart, you, you can't go and get a civil service job. It'll eat you up. But let's talk about 2022. Mm-hmm. Okay, you get hit by the thunderbolt now. This is the greatest time to get hit by that thunderbolt because, because... <laughs> you can you can educate yourself mostly right through your phone or through your laptop. Through, through, you yep. know, mm-hmm. um, let's go from the oldest thing: reading. Right. That's you that can, place called libraries. Wow. What a yeah, concept. you can go yeah. to library or Barnes and Noble. Now, yeah. now you don't even have to. You can get Hoopla or uh, Libby. They're both apps from the library. Mm-hmm. And you can search your favorite filmmaker, your favorite film, action movies, karate movies, romances, right from and, and romance films. And they will have stuff that you can boom. That's how you can read. Right. You can say you, you fall in love with a particular film. You can go on to YouTube and put that in and you'll find reviews of it. Uh, right. People deconstructing it. People discussing the pros and cons of it. Actors, directors, That's producers right. being interviewed. You can find so much of that information. There are podcasts about your favorite type of films. And I'll tell you what, you can find... You should watch everything you can, right? Right. In, in, and not just to the one genre. But if you are obsessed with an, a genre, there's a great rule of thumb. This is one of the first rule of thumbs that you'll hear in this course. Google, say like um, romance, romantic comedies. Google best uh, romantic comedies of all time. And you'll get the top 10 list. Okay. Watch one, two, or three of those. Now, you can watch the whole top 10 if you want. Mm-hmm. But then, after you've watched the best, Google worst romantic comedies of all yep. time mm-hmm. and watch those. And the rule, the rule of thumb is you'll always learn more from the ones that failed than the ones that succeeded. You have to watch some great ones first. Because mm-hmm. then you can see kind of where the bar is. And once you've watched that, like if you watch The Godfather, because that's a romantic comedy. No, if you watch <laughs> The Godfather, <laughs> segues are us. Um, if you watch The Godfather and then some of these straight to video knockoff oh, geez. Uh, mafia moves, you really see the difference yep. in the nuance, in the, sw- the, the story vision, structure, the, yeah, the acting all quality. Of dialogue yeah yeah there's so much you can go over and go over and go over um this is getting to books for a second then we're going to come back uh there's a uh author that i follow unfortunately he caught covid and uh he was talking about another author who started a dialogue with him on twitter about stephen king's the stand a book they both love and they have both reread it several times Hmm. and just following that thread i picked up the stand to start rereading it again and 
it's the idea of re-watching, re-reading, re-experiencing a work that really touched you, the Thunderbolt movie, you know, oh my God, you know, you're watching that. I have to, I have to do something like that. Watch it. Why? What turned you on? When did that happen? What went right? You know, (coughs) and you can do if, you know, if, if you're paying your own bills, you know, what kind of uh, cable you have. (laughs) If you're young enough that your parents are paying your bill, you know, what cables they have and you can search. There are literally thousands of movies at your fingertips. You know, you know? I'll, I'll just jump in very quickly and say that, uh, yes, <laughs> one of the f- films, my Wayback Machine thing, one of the films that I loved throughout the years is The Apartment with Jack Lemmon and Shirley MacLaine. And it's a Billy Wilder film. He directed that. And it was shot in the 1960s. And the first time I watched it, I was a kid and, I, you know, living in the late 60s, early 70s. So I, everything made perfect sense to me. And I identified with one particular character in the story. Years later, when I caught it on television again, I'm watching it, you know, some years have passed. I'm now seeing it as, oh, look back on the 1960s. Oh, that's kind of fun. That's kind of cute. But I'm still identifying with that same character. Another few years go by. I'm older. Now I'm starting to see the story now from an older perspective. So I'm still rooting for the lead character, but I'm also starting to identify with some of the older characters in the film. And and with every few years, whenever I watch that film, I discover something different or I respond to something differently to it. But it's still a well-made film. I still appreciate it. But I can each time I go back to it, I feel like I learned something different or I see something and it affects me differently. And so that's another thing you get out of studying films that have already been made. And one of the great crimes of your generation and <laughs> Thank you. decades later, my generation, oh, no, okay. just kidding, um, <laughs> is that we didn't have the technology that we have today. I mean, if you're a writer of books, you can go on book talk, but there's film talk. There's all that, you know, and you can watch and you can watch behind the scenes and you oh, can yeah. watch... Um, the uh, uh, the bloopers and all that stuff. You can learn so yeah, the much. Yeah, right. I want to go a little deeper. You can Google uh, interviews, essays, all that studies on, but you can also go to open coursework. And also open course. Yeah, I think it's open course work. Um, most colleges these days offer some of the courses. They film it while it's going on, and you can sit in on the classwork. So you could go and find open coursework, um, film, screenwriting, producing, acting, and see what's out there. Why? Mm-hmm. NYU has one. Spike Lee talks about it, or, or someone else. Oh, oh, and you can watch these courses be taught you take the course before you take a course and it's free you know i i hate to quote elon musk but he is right about one thing you Just can one. learn almost Just anything 
Well, I, you know, the, the rest is up to everyone's opinion, but um, he says you can learn almost anything you want to learn for free uh, these days. And with stuff like all open, open coursework, um, and I'm hoping I get that exactly right, open course, yeah, somehow. Um, and, um, oh my God, the more you think about it, if you take a couple minutes and think about it, how shocking that is that you could sit in a film class from UCLA, from NYU Tisch School of Film, from so many across the country, from England, you know, every, anywhere, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you look at the film professor like Alex Simmons, you know, and he's teaching the New York Film Academy. And there are people coming from all over the world. And when he was in COVID, they were beaming in. Yeah. And and literally, literally, as you said, from all over the world, it literally was from all over the world, from different time zones, different countries, different cultures, different languages. And yet we were somehow making it work via the technique, the, via the technology that's available. And if you think that this had happened, this had happened maybe 10, 12 years before. It would have been a different experience. By the way, just to help you out here, Chris, it's open course where? Open course where. Okay. Yeah. So Thank it's you open very much. course W A R E, free mm-hmm. online course materials. Yeah. Yeah. Just see what's there. See what's out there. And just, that's one of the things growing up in my neighborhood. There was a lot of pressure to come hang out. Mm. There'd be 20, 30 people hanging out around benches, listening on radio, drinking beers, talking nonsense, putting each other down, and then we'd go home. We would have accomplished nothing. And that went on day after day, after month, after month, after year, after year. And then people would get civil service jobs. You know? Wow. Um, Well, it's not an unusual tale, you know? Um, uh, middle, it's a middle class story. So, what do you want to do with your time? You know, and 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 very key to what Chris is saying is the fact that yes, a lot, so much is available online through podcasts, through videos, through reading that you can learn enough. Mm-hmm. to get you going down the trail this is Let's not necessarily yeah but i was gonna say this is not necessarily to say you can learn it all that way but it is definitely definitely uh the beginnings of that that ep- right. that epic venture that you're going to go on you wanted to say something about high school yeah well i'm agreeing with you that once the thunderbolt happens there are things to do all these things we're giving you this episode are things you can do. Another thing you can do if you're in middle school age or high school age or want to go to your uh, activities advisor, you know, and say, I, I want to join um, the film uh, the film, film class club. or the film yeah. club. Yeah. And if they AV don't have quad. one, yeah. It, well, I mean, if they don't have one, say, can we form one? And that's when all the film geeks will crawl we'll out, out of the, of the woodwork, woodwork and yeah. all of a sudden the people you never talk to you like what you're oh my god yeah 
And then you'll find out that there's two or three film geeks uh, in the teacher's room. And they'll come out and they'll want to be the advisor. Mm-hmm. Did you see this movie? Did you see that movie? You know? Yeah, it, it's a part of it is is not being afraid to 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 let the world know what you're about, and and handling. Yes, you're going to be some naysayers. You're going to be some knuckleheads, but understanding that this is your passion, not theirs. Yeah, yeah. And you will find like-minded people, but you got to like let folks know you're there. Or, yeah. or at least for that time period that you're seeking that information for you, don't necessarily hide that that's going on. Because like, again, as Chris is saying, others will suddenly drift into your radar. We'll go, yeah, I was, I was into that. Did you see that movie? Did you like this? Did you like that? Or I'm into video games and, and I'm wondering how they do this and stop motion action or anything. You know, and then boom, suddenly you've got a squad, you've got a crew, you know, and anything's possible after that. Yeah, and it's if someone in your neighborhood is making fun of you for your passion, that's not someone to listen to. You know, I used to I was um, I was a musician when I was a kid. I was going to be a rock star because, you know, dreamer. And there's this big, huge guy, nice enough guy. But every time I walk past, he'd be like, I'm just a singer in a rock and roll band. You know, when his dream, when it came to be time for his dream, he knocked on my apartment door and asked to speak with my father because he wanted the job my father had. And how do I go about it? What's your advice and all that sort of stuff. And I didn't, I didn't go and whistle, you know, uh, car 54, where are you? You know, <laughs> his dream was to be the cop. Let him be a cop. Go ahead. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So don't let people um, douse your thunderbolt, you know, I will also don't, suggest don't get it. Just to piggyback on that, um, sometimes, I mean, don't, don't bet the farm on this, but sometimes that's also someone's way of cheering you on, but they won't do it publicly. They won't, they won't say, yeah, go, go for it. They'll, make, they'll, they'll act like they're making fun of you, but some part of them is going, yeah, man, go for it. You know, yeah. you know? and because I've, I've seen that too. You know? my, uh, my old man was a tough guy, you know? Quiet, nice guy, but you know he couldn't be like, "I love you, son. I, I'm proud of you." You. Know? What he would do is he he would tell you something to try and help you make it better. Mm. You know, um, I was in this. I was married by this time, and but I, I was in this play. Um, it was a Neil Simon play, uh, Promises, oh, and, promises uh, proposals, promises, proposals, yeah. proposals, proposals. Oh, and. Um, I was Vinnie Bavese, I'm a dying guy, you know? So um, I had to do something, talk to God at one point. And uh, I did it. And afterwards, his way of telling me he enjoyed it and he approved it was to say, when you do that part, go like this. And then it was just his little, he added that yeah. little moment. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, that, that's, he. he's approving. He's approving. Yeah. Because if he... If he didn't, because I did, I mean, I used to paint all the time and we didn't have canvas. So I would take the old um, shades, window shades, yep. and I would paint on them, you know. So I'd unroll this four foot uh, wide uh, uh, shade and it would be this huge acrylic wizard or some craziness. And he would just be like. 
Because he didn't know what to do. You know? He was a he was a, a soldier, you know, graduated high school, enlisted uh, for World War II, uh, wound up in peacetime Japan and occupied uh, uh, army of occupation. That was, you know, and then he came back and he worked in ShopRite until he got a job at NYPD. You know, this this was the mindset. Yeah. There was no paintbrushes. There no. was no music. There was no act. It wasn't his sphere of experience. And it took him a long time to say, all right, how am I going to do this? And he finally got, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so let, you know, uh, be sympathetic. The people who cannot quite express the dreams that you can express, right. but don't let them stop your dreams. Right. Just find it. Today's episode was about all the places to get you onto the starting line. Yes. And just and that absorb is, and watch and suck it all in. Exactly, exactly what you're on, the starting line, because there's so, so many other ways that you can go at this. And we're going to talk about those in their sequence over the next few episodes. Yeah. So in our next thrilling episode. We're gonna we're gonna shoot the starter gun. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So if you know if there's anything that we we left out, you know, some <laughs> ways that, hang in there, buddy. If there's anything that we left out, some ways that you found to uh, educate yourself as you're, you know, you were struck by the the lightning bolt, and now you're trying to educate yourself, and you found some things that we didn't mention. Please drop it in the comments, and we will bring them up next time. And we actually start to put together a list of this. Also, I'll try and put together uh, links to some of the uh, sites that Chris had mentioned. Uh, like, what was it? The the, the library ones was um, Hoopla, Hoopla, Hoopla and, and Libby. Right, Those and there's, there's one more. There's one more. The Simply E, which is also the library. All right. Okay. So I'll try and put links into those as well, and also to um, Openware. Open, yeah. Open, open courseware. Open courseware, right. I'll put links mm -hmm. in the comments area below uh, and, you know, check them out. I mean, nothing ventured, nothing gained, which is what we're saying here, right? And then be with us for the next thrilling episode. Of Tell the, the Damn, damn story, story goes to the movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, everybody. Peace.